0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever to the ages of all ages. Amen. Um, as we celebrate the New Year, uh, which is uh, almost always falls on September 11th, sometimes September 10th, um, and uh, we begin, we're, we're beginning the 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 lectionary. Um, the book of Sunday readings from the beginning again, and so we're starting from the very beginning. And you'll find that the this is the only Gospel in which the central figure, um, the only Sunday Gospel in which the central figure is not Christ, and the central figure is John the Baptist. And that's because the story of salvation begins with John the Baptist coming to prepare the way of the Lord. In addition. Um, the, the feast of the beheading of St. John the Baptist, there's his icon there holding his head, beheaded, um, uh, w- was uh, Friday, uh, was Saturday, sorry, yesterday. Um, and so his feast also falls on the, se- on the second day of, in, in the new year. But that's irrelevant to the reason why we're reading this reading on Sunday. Uh, that, that's why his, the reading yesterday would have been about John the Baptist as well. And John the Baptist is this character who does like a cameo appearance in the Gospels. You know, he appears and then he disappears and then he appears again very briefly. And in those very short, very, very short times where St. John the Baptist appears, there is so much that we can learn from him and so much that is so convicting in his character. Um, The question today That is laid before us And maybe it's the question for this coming year Is If you Saw Jesus Would you recognize him? Because so many people say Well if only God would Do this miracle I would believe If only this and this would happen I would believe If only I would have an apparition I would believe But yeah, you see, like, that doesn't actually make any sense. You, you, you have faith in the things that you don't see. You can't believe in something that you already see. If, you believe, if you've seen something, then you're an eyewitness of it. If you tell me, Father John, on the table behind you, there is a hand sanitizer bottle, just like the one that's in front of you. Do you believe me? I'll say yes, or I'll say No. But the moment I turn around and look and see, oh, there is no, no ha- bottle of hand sanitizer there, then there's no more room for me to believe you or not believe you. I've seen with my own eyes. I have become an eyewitness. So we often say, oh, but if God would do this in my life, I would believe in him. Oh, I would believe if... But it doesn't work that way. Believe You believe in something that you don't have all the evidence for. That you have enough evidence to convince you to believe. Another thing which helps us to believe is the ability to recognize. Jesus promised us that he would come again. And he promised us that he would come as a thief in the night. And he promised us that he would come disguised as the poorest of the poor. These are givens. These are givens. But when we encounter Christ among us, do we recognize him or not? And that's, that is what boggles my mind about St. John the Baptist. I wanted to prepare a sermon today for you today about how to recognize Christ like St. John the Baptist recognized him. But I'm speaking about a very specific event and I'm gonna to get to it in a second. And honestly, I don't know. I don't know. My, my mind is boggled. Is, is, I don't understand. I don't know how. I'm talking about the visitation of St. Mary to Elizabeth. And when St. Mary, pregnant with the Lord Christ, and Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth pregnant with St. John the Baptist, St. John the Baptist leaps in her womb to greet the Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of St. Mary. How did the fetus recognize the fetus? I don't know. I don't know. And St. Jacob of Sarag writes a beautiful, beautiful poetry talking about how unimaginable is this. But kindred spirits, kindred spirits find it very easy to recognize each other. And the same is true for you and me. In a conversation, when somebody says something that resonates deeply with you, it's very difficult to hold your tongue. A lot of the time you'll interrupt the person, you say, yes. The same thing happened to me at this place and at this time. Why? Because it, it resonates with you. It gets us excited when we, when, when, when we meet somebody, when we, get, when, we, when we have that contact, that touch with somebody who's similar to us, who's the same as us. So that's the only thing I have to share with you, really, is that there's a, there's a resonance between the spirit of, of, of St. John the Baptist and Christ. And the same thing happens again. He's never, met his, his, he's never met his second cousin, Jesus. He's never met him. 30 years later, after having been in the wilderness for 30 years, he sees him coming and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's never seen him as an adult male. How does he recognize him? How does he recognize Him? And there's a beautiful book called The Orthodox Afterlife written by John Habib. Beautiful and scary. A bit scary, but beautiful nonetheless. Right? Where he shares common features from near-death experiences and afterlife experiences from uh, from a whole bunch of different people and compares and contrasts them with the sayings of the early church fathers and the desert fathers and so on and scripture, you know, to kind of bring together a very, a, a very beautiful, a step-by-step sort of explanation of what happens to the soul after death. And in every one of these stories that have come from all over the world, they're not all coptic people right there's there's a, a critical moment when the after the soul leaves death in which either the soul recognizes christ and follows him to paradise or goes to Hades waiting places for the second judgment and after the second judgment then the souls are reunited with their bodies and we go to heaven or hell forever There's this critical moment. And it seems in all these different people's stories, very, very different stories, it's all focused on the recognition. All of us will be faced at a moment where we'll be completely unable to justify our choices, our decisions, and our actions. We will really have nothing, no no parachute string to pull. And our only hope will be to call to Christ to save us. And it seems that it is completely irrelevant how righteous of a life you have lived. But your ability to recognize Christ and call out to Him. And I'd like to contrast that with something which was in the readings today. If, if, uh, Joe, you could flip back in the readings today... There's a verse which every time I read it, it just pierces me through and through, like someone just threw a javelin through my heart, right? Jesus is saying that the, 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 if you go to the gospel, and it's sort of in the, in the last third of the gospel, saying that the tax collectors and sinners, uh, back up a little bit, Uh, But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves. Why? Why did they reject the will of God for themselves? Because they hadn't been baptized by the baptism of John. Sometimes we make decisions in life that are wrong. I mean, I'm not one of those people who... uh, thinks that like everything is okay and everything is not okay and uh, forgive me, I'm somebody who thinks there's right and there's wrong. I make mistakes. I recognize them. I learn from them and I try not to do them again, right? I don't beat myself up over them or have overwhelming guilt or, 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 or whatnot, but I recognize the, the foolish things I've done in life and I try to avoid them in the future, right? Sometimes we make a decision that's not so great. No harm, no foul. Everybody makes mistakes. We learn and so on. But sometimes then we get stubborn and we say, well, I started on this course. I'm going to continue on this course. That's what the Pharisees and the lawyers did. They were, they were wrong to reject John. But after seeing, after seeing how righteous and holy John was, And all of the good that came out of the ministry of St. John the Baptist, regardless of Christ. They could have had a repentance. They could have turned. They could have had a change of mind and said, that wasn't the right thing to do. And when Christ came along, they would have been prepared to receive him. But sometimes they and we make a decision, which was not the best to make at the time. And then we get stubborn, and well, I started on this course, so I'm going to stick to this course. We decide to be loyal in this moment of all of the disloyalties of my life. This is the moment I choose to become loyal, loyal to my decision. But maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you made a mistake. And, and so they miss Jesus. So they miss him, because they excluded him from the equation. The Messiah, when he comes, would look like this. Would look like this. Would look like this. Would look like this. So, this guy doesn't look like this, and this, and this, and so this guy is excluded. Can't possibly be a good guy. Heals people on the Sabbath. Can't possibly be a good guy. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. What about you? What about me? Have we cho- chosen? a loyalty to a particular way of thinking, to a particular lifestyle, to a particular uh, friend group, to a particular, I don't know, you you fill in the blank, that would prevent us from recognizing Christ among us. Some people, forgive me to pick a, a, a painful example, some people have been particularly injured by the church and the clergy. To every one of those people, I myself say I'm sorry and I do a prostration and I ask you to forgive me because I am part of this body and I am part of the church. But I ask you a question. In your pain and in your suffering, which is completely unjustifiable and inexcusable, have you also cancelled out? that Christ could come from this place and from this time. In this time. We all have our hurts, we all have our pains, and we all have our reasons for why we feel the way we feel. And I'm not here to invalidate any of them. In fact, very much the opposite. But I just want to offer a word of caution that when we become loyal to our own experiences, loyal to our own hurts, loyal over our loyalty to Christ, we might miss Him. We might miss Him if He comes walking by. If He happens to come walking by dressed in whatever shape or form of something that I decided nothing good could possibly come from, right? Nathaniel is sitting under the tree. Philip goes to call him tells him, we have found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He probably wasn't saying that because he was sexually abused by somebody from Nazareth. He was probably saying that because Nazareth, if you, if you visit the Holy Land, you'll see and know that Nazareth is basically on, on the hillside of Galilee. It's a bunch of caves. Now it's a town, but at G- in Jesus' time, it was, it was a bunch of caves, it was, like, it was like a similar to a homeless encampment here. Like it was a, 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 in, in Toronto. Like it, was, it was a place where a, a bunch of people like Galilee was the armpit of, 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 the, of, of the, the Roman province of Judea. And Nazareth was, was the armpit of Galilee. Like Nazareth w- was where people went who didn't fit in anywhere in Galilee. They went to Nazareth. And there were caves on the mountainside, so they would just live in the caves. Jesus was probably raised in a cave. That's, that was his home. They probably built a door for it, maybe a small entrance, table, a couple of chairs. That's probably, that's probably all Jesus ever had growing up. So Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Preconceived idea, prejudices, limiting beliefs, all of these things hinder us from recognizing Christ. In the little time we have left to pray together, let each one of us, let each one of us kneel on our knees, on the knees of our hearts. Let each one of us bend our head low and surrender ourselves to Christ and tell him, Lord, here I am. Open my eyes to recognize you for who you are when you come. Open my heart to accept you for who you are when you come. Let me, Lord, help me, Lord, to let go of all of the my misplaced loyalties, Lord. Them being misplaced, misplaced loyalties, if they're loyal to something to which you are not loyal. Give me to let go of all of all of these things and to take hold of you, my Lord and Savior, my dearly beloved. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.